2: Bring in show music, please.
0: This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, thousands of flights grounded. Delta CEO Ed Bastian on the headwinds for the airline industry.
1: We're doing much, much better than we were through the early part of the holiday period. Over the last four weeks, we've had about 8,000 of our staff be infected by the virus. Good news is that they were all fine and clearer skies ahead, hopefully. What we're seeing is, you know, for the spring season, it's gonna be a very, very busy season and the summer as well. And uh, we just need to navigate this next four or five weeks to get there.
3: Plus getting off the tarmac and into the barber's chair? Have you used this new amazing Dyson hairdryer? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's Thursday, January 13th,
0: 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. This morning, Delta Airlines reported its fourth quarter results and its highest revenue since 2019, thanks to holiday travelers. But the company announced that for the first quarter of the new year, the COVID Omicron variant would likely result in a loss. It isn't just Delta facing this problem, of course. The entire aviation industry is contending with serious turbulence, in part because of weather, but also because of the continuing pandemic. Thousands of employees have called out sick since Christmas and carriers have blamed COVID for at least part of their service disruptions. Since December 25th, over 29,000 flights, that's 8% of scheduled journeys, have been canceled. You may remember the CDC's change to COVID isolation guidelines that nearly broke the internet with CDC-inspired sarcastic memes. Well, airlines, like Delta, had lobbied for that policy shift and now they're facing some backlash. The Association of Flight Attendants, a union that represents nearly 50,000 flight attendants across 20 different airlines, is seeking to unionize Delta's crew, who they don't currently represent. The two are in a bit of a dispute at the moment. The union calling for the CDC to keep the 10-day COVID isolation recommendation in place despite pressure from airlines to keep it short. Leading the charge is president of the Association of Flight Attendants, Sarah Nelson. To lobby the CDC based on staffing shortages alone, sends a really mixed message to the public. And we're really concerned about that for the employees, but also for the safety that we are communicating to the public. So our biggest concern right away is that when you have a major policy change like this, especially at an airline the size of Delta or United Airlines, it takes a while to communicate that policy to the workers, communicate it through all of your levels of management so that everyone is doing the right thing. What Delta led on was asking the CDC to reduce the days from 10 to 5 for staffing reasons. Sarah has been on our TV broadcast and this podcast, giving us the pulse of airline staffers throughout the pandemic. And today on Squawk Pod, we're focusing up in the air. Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin are all in their socially distanced chairs. And CNBC's Phil LeBeau brought us Delta CEO Ed Bastian this morning. Here he is.
2: Let's bring in Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta Airlines, joining us from the company's headquarters in Atlanta. Ed, I'm usually there with you. Can't be with you there right now, obviously, because of the circumstances with Omicron and everything that's going on. But we want to talk about these results. Uh, You beat the street with uh, better than expected uh, results on both the top and the bottom line. But clearly, you did see an impact from Omicron in the fourth quarter, particularly the last week, week and a half of the year. Uh, Explain the impact that you saw.
1: Well... Good to see you Phil. I miss you down here. Look forward to you coming back hopefully for the uh, first quarter report in a a couple of months. Uh, Despite the challenges of Omicron, which impacted not just our company, but our entire society as we closed out the year, uh, we we closed out the year strong. We had a profit of $170 million in the fourth quarter, a solid profit number, largely in line with the guidance, as you suggest. And uh, we'll be the only airline that's profitable throughout the back half of 2021 Uh, so our people have done a tremendous job it's one of the reasons we also announced this morning that we're going to be making a special profit sharing payment to our people of roughly 100 million dollars which equals 20 percent of the profits of the back six months of the year we weren't profitable for the full year but we were profitable for the back half of the year and our people do a tremendous job and uh, it's the service and the excellence that they bring every single day that makes all the difference for our customers and for our company
2: Ed, Ed, where do we think, where do things stand right now in terms of the impact of Omicron on your operations? They've stabilized in the last week, correct?
1: Yeah, we're doing uh, much, much better than we were through the uh, early part of the holiday period. Uh, Omicron, as I indicated, has impacted all of us. Uh, over the last four weeks, we've had about 8,000 of our staff be infected by the virus. The good news is that. They were all you know, fine. There's been no significant uh, issues with health issues that we, we've seen from it. But it's knocked them out of the operation for, uh, for a period of time at the same time that we had the busiest travel that we have seen in two years. So the confluence of those two events could not have happened at a worse time. Uh, we were operating you know, during parts of the holiday and into the first week of January of cancellations of 5%. Some days even more than that it was just unheard of. Uh, for us uh, within our uh, industry. But over the course of the last week, uh, those cancellations are way down. Uh, Staff levels and case counts are coming down with respect to our own staff. The doctors have told us that this is going to decline as rapidly as it rose. Uh, Our case counts are already coming down meaningfully at Delta. Uh, We only have seen about 1% uh, cancellations over the last seven days due to Omicron. And in fact, yesterday, We only had two cancellations the entire day for the mainline out of over 2,500 operations due to Omicron. So uh, we believe the worst is behind us, and we just need to navigate to, uh, to get through this as a society.
2: So let's talk about the outlook for the first quarter. You guys really believe that things accelerate as we get into February and March, particularly after President's Day. Are you noticing that in the bookings right now, that you're seeing the demand that you expected to snap back?
1: We are in the next in the next four to six weeks is going to be difficult with you know January and the first half of February as you know Phil are always the weakest parts of our travel calendar and with Omicron uh, coming out at the same time uh, it's going to make it that much more weaker. But what we do see in the booking data is the President's Day weekend forward looks really robust. Uh, our numbers uh, and the bookings continue you know through this period. People are ready to travel. They're ready to book their spring plans. Uh, they know Omicron is not going to be a threat to them at that point, and they want to get out and they want to reunite with friends, family, the world, get on with their with their life. Uh, we, what we're seeing is, you know, for the spring season, it's going to be a very, very busy season, and, and the summer as well. And uh, we just need to navigate this next four or five weeks to get there.
2: Ed, you heard uh, the comments from Sarah Nelson, or maybe you didn't hear, the, uh, and you know what she's been saying over the last... Uh, A week or so with regard to how Delta has handled uh, the Omicron uh, variant uh, and uh, with regard to your staffing there. uh, Do you think there's any lingering impact in terms of uh, labor relations at the company? I know you guys just have the the, uh, profit sharing check that you just announced this morning, uh, but is there any lingering impact there?
1: This has been a really hard time for all of us and particularly within the airline industry. And our people are our heroes the work they have done uh, throughout the past two years, uh, the work they've done over this past year, the work they've done over the last few weeks. I think this holiday period that we just went through was arguably the most difficult Mm -hmm. period of time that we experienced throughout the pandemic with with demand as as high as it was and the virus peaking in the most infectious condition at the time. So we thank our people, we support them, but we always follow the science at Delta. As as you know, Phil, we've uh, surrounded ourselves with the very best medical minds, uh, the Mayo Clinic, at Emory University, Emory Healthcare here in Atlanta. Uh, we hired the industry's first real chief health officer, Dr. Henry Ting, uh, who provides us our guidance. And we follow the CDC orders you know, very, very carefully, and very closely, because protection and safety of our people is job one at all times, and that's without exception. With any implication or insinuation that that's not our number one focus is simply misleading.
0: Hey, Ed, over the last couple of weeks, Sarah's been on a couple of times, and the things that she has said have have been, first of all, that Delta was pushing the CDC for these guidelines so that they could bring people back more quickly. And second of all, I I realize that, you know, the the flight attendants would like to unionize at Delta, so I I do take it with a grain of salt. But she said that just in terms of the other airlines, that they were doing things that they had negotiated with the flight attendants, uh, unions there, to pay people, other people who were well, more money to come back and pick up more flights rather than than Delta, Delta was not doing that. What's your response to that?
1: As you know, we did issue a cease and desist letter uh, and it's because we think at times like this where health information and the wellness of our people is so critical that leaders and organizations need to make sure that they speak carefully, truthfully and factually. And that's why we issued that cease and desist letter. Our people are doing a fabulous job. No, we did not compensate and try to provide an incentive for people to come to work while Omicron is, is floating through the system. We want our people just the opposite. We want our people to be tested. Uh, we found more cases, as I said, over 8,000 people have, have come down with it because we've encouraged them to be tested and to, to, to put their safety at the forefront. Uh, our people are the best compensated. They're the, uh, they take the very best care of our customers, and as a result, we reward them the very best as well.
4: Uh, Ed, we've talked a few times about when the world gets back to normal um, and you get to start worrying about things that you've been worried about you know your entire career in the airline industry you know oil there are some people that think there's a super spike uh, uh, on the horizon and it, this inflation is you know it's probably part monetary and and there's a you know a lot of reasons the pandemic a lot of different things but if you get hit with really solid demand as you as you forecast and And oil prices do do rise quite a bit. What are you planning? What are you factoring in? What's the high for oil in 2022? Does Delta try to figure that out?
1: You know, we're not smart enough to figure that out, Joe. uh, But we're prepared, uh, depending on what what might happen. Are are we prepared for oil prices north of $100? Of course we are. Uh, We've seen it in the past. We've seen it, you know, many times in the past. And we have figured out what we have to do to be able to, to recover that. It ultimately comes down to pricing. You need to be able to put a product and service that customers are willing to pay for. That includes all the price of, of oil and all of the cost of, uh, of delivery. Uh, you know we're, we're looking at demand. Demand looks really healthy. Uh, we know we have a consumer that's anxious to travel. We know the consumer's got con- considerable uh, wealth built up. We know businesses are anxious to get back on the road once businesses start to reopen uh, following the Omicron uh, last phase of the pandemic, let's hope. And uh, oil prices will just be part of that equation in terms of the overall pricing and yield management of the airline.
2: Ed, it's Phil again. You mentioned business travel. When we talked in New York last month, you indicated that corporate travel was picking up in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Obviously, things have changed uh, given the variant uh, and the spread. What do you expect in terms of corporate travel? Has this been a 30-, 60-day pause in that increased travel? and then we see it increase from there. What, what is your uh, expectation?
1: From talking to our big corporate accounts, as well as others in the field, uh, we looked at, look at this as about a 60-day pause, 60 to 90-day, uh, let's call it, because business travel probably takes a little bit longer to recover than consumer travel. And international might be even a, t- a touch longer than that, but not, not too, too far out. Uh, I think the spring for international will also be quite well, particularly across the transatlantic. Uh, You know, these are tied to businesses reopened, as I mentioned to you when we spoke last month. Uh, Right now, as we survey our our corporates, uh, roughly about 60 percent of them were open uh, for business in uh, the December quarter. Uh, Many of them had plans to reopen in January. Obviously, those have been pushed out to to the spring. Uh, But once those businesses reopen, we think travel is going to continue to grow in the business sector Uh, for the fourth quarter. Uh, we closed the year at about 60% of business, overall business travel in terms of recovery relative to 19. Uh, the big corporate's a little less than that, small business a little higher than that. Uh, once we get through this and we're looking at President's Day as the line of demarcation where things should really start to pick up as the virus recedes, uh, we, we look for a very strong spring uh, travel season for co- corporate, for small business, for international, as well as for consumer. Uh, March, April, May, I think are going to be really healthy months for us.
3: Hey, Ed, uh, Andrew here. I uh, want to ask you a couple questions uh, to follow up here, in part because Delta is ranked number 38 in the Just 100. Uh, it's the top transportation company uh, on that list. And uh, in part, uh, you get there because of the satisfaction by customers and also employees. I wanted, to, I wanted in a roundabout way to almost come back to some of the stuff that Sarah Nelson was suggesting, because here, here we have a company who's, who's actually excelling on one side, but there is a union movement as you know across this country and labor movement uh that is accelerating and how do you think about that
1: well we you don't get there uh as being rated number one in customer satisfaction as our customers rate us uh jd power we won the award this year business travel news the 11th year in a row as the number one airline by a large measure uh, for business travelers uh if you don't have happy employees if you don't have employees that want to serve that feel respected, feel trusted, feel backed up. And that's the proof in the pudding. And the better job that our people do, the better job our customers are going to reward us with service, and the better job we can then uh, turn around and grow and invest and take good care of them. So it all starts with people. Every time I talk to you, Andrew, you know me well for for many years, it's all about people. My job is to serve our people, is to be the very best. Uh, We've been a target for union activism by outside unions for decades. Uh, this is nothing new, but our people know that the, their number one job is to take care of our customers and each other and the business, the company will take care of them.
3: You think, by the way, do you think that the, that the labor movement in America that's happening right now is a good thing? Is a bad thing? Is, is it a power grab by the unions? I, I'm just, I, I ask because I'm trying to understand it. Myself and sort of trying to make sense of what's happening, especially given the labor shortages, which is giving labor more power than ever before.
1: I I don't know. And listen, we have we have a large union on our property with our pilots. So we deal with with the union. We deal with uh, the rest of our employees who are largely non-union. You know, whatever whatever the uh, the motivations or the environment is, I don't think that necessarily influences how we operate and the job we have. uh, My job is to take care of our people, you know, whether I had a union or not. And I'm going to do the very best I can.
2: Ed, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Next time, I'm there in Atlanta again once we get past uh, this surge in the uh, coronavirus around the country. Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta Airlines, joining us, uh, Andrew, on a day when the company beats on the top and the bottom line. And you heard what he said. They believe that this is basically a 30 to 60 day pause in demand. And then things accelerate, especially as you get into the back half half of February and then into March.
3: Andrew? Phil, thank you, and thank you for bringing us that interview uh, with Ed Bastian.
0: More Squawk Pod, right after this.
3: When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own
2: trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation
3: from your family, you can always get your own Leave the Kids with Grandma trip to texas so go to traveltexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to texas that matters yours
0: what's on the horizon for financial markets at PGIM, it's a question that over 1400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals specialized across asset classes but united in collaboration our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with p a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod.
4: Is that some product in your hair, or, or did you venture forth and uh, someone come in? Did was there triple masking involved? Did you get your hair looks great uh, today? Did did, uh, did you. you get a haircut or something? Or I got a haircut. It's how ha- did nice for you? How did to notice. that happen? Hazmat suits um, on both ends, or how how would you uh, uh, bu- uh, they enter the bubble? The the bu- how how did where did you go? Did you did you exit, or did someone N95, come in after screen? A ninety
3: five masks. Just no, seriously, because okay. I think you know I'm I'm crazy about this stuff. N ninety five mask. I, I know. But... Uh, windows open, air filters on high. There, and I and and the guy <laughs> who's a lovely go. guy who comes in and has cut my hair a bunch of times during the pandemic. Thinks that I'm completely out of my mind, but that's that's how I do it.
4: No, Hick. no, he said that. That guy, <laughs> what's he thinking? Uh, well, it was. You didn't uh, even notice. All my Joe. For,
0: I colored my Yours own hair. This looks great yesterday. all the time. No, I colored oh my, my hair God. because my hairdresser—my you- hairdresser has COVID.
4: Wow, with hair coloring <laughs> and stuff like that, I don't make any any uh, guesses or determinations. Because mention? of our lighting, our, our <laughs> shifting, our, <laughs> our shifting, yeah, right, our shifting yes. lighting. I get it all the time. Yeah. Blah blah. So, did you go lighter?
0: Um, n- no, just same.
4: Just the same. Same Pretty much. Just, just a the little same. touch up. Just okay. I got, I got and some you, help from, so- from Kimmy. Really, what does that entail to, to do your own? I guess it's it's it's. <laughs> is there any tinfoil involved? Can I mean? Do you start picking no, no, up no. like uh, broadcast networks? No, no, no. because I've, I've seen was, that. And
0: this was a, a quick kind of just touch up to get me through
4: for a few weeks. A- Andrew, we, bad, right? just we, we're going to move on because we, we have important things. But Andrew,
3: I you know, I don't color don't my hair. About. I don't color my hair. I know, but I have no, news, my question. By the way, I don't my Becky question has was, it. Was, and Becky, have you used this new amazing Dyson hair dryer? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. There is a, a, a hair dryer that is like. Unfortunately, so. I think it would like take the. It's going to take the job of every hairdresser in America because it's it's outrageous. This thing. It's it's. I bought one at the beginning See, of the pandemic. when I started doing my own hair. Fortunately, I I
4: can use just an actual dryer, like a washer and a dryer, throw it in, <laughs> you know, finish it there.
0: <laughs> and that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend to follow too. We'll meet you back here tomorrow.
2: We are clear. Thanks, guys.